0: This podcast should not replace contact with your sponsor, your involvement with StepWork, or participation in the fellowship. Please use this podcast as another resource toward our collective growth as addicts in recovery. We're simply addicts seeking recovery. Nothing more, and for sure, nothing less. Now let's get started.
1: Hi, my name's Nigel, and I'm an addict. 3rd of January, coming to Accept Ourselves. Our sponsor's acceptance and our higher power's unconditional love made it possible for us to judge ourselves less harshly. It works. Step 12. No one comes to NA on a winning streak. Denial is helped us ignore the wreckage, but those days are long gone. Our minds no longer reassure us you're living the dream, especially considering the lousy hand you've been dealt. In early recovery, we may experience rare glimpses of self-acceptance, but the mental beatings we give ourselves keep that optimism in check. We are undoubtedly our harshest critics. That's especially true when we make mistakes. Not showing up for a friend in need, unintentionally making another member uncomfortable, blowing off a commitment, using again. Even for members in long-term recovery, our disease continues to urge us to judge ourselves. Not being real about our mistakes and overindulging in self-pity or self-destructiveness runs counter to accepting ourselves as work in progress. One member recalled, through the steady encouragement in the face of my self-made disasters, my sponsor showed me unconditional love and helped me be open to how a higher power was expressing it in my life. As my recovery continued, the chaos lessened, but the temptation to beat myself up remained. Sharing the exact nature of my wrongs in step 5 and still being accepted unconditionally helped me unclench my fists a little quicker. Sponsors tell us the truth about ourselves. Inevitably the truth is more loving, forgiving and accepting than our version of things. Working the steps with our sponsor teaches us to find find that truth for ourselves. Through the practice of prayer and meditation, we can check in with a higher power to guide us towards what is real about ourselves, our decisions, our mistakes, rather than relying on what our minds tell us. I'll resist the urge to beat myself up today. Instead, I'll pick up the phone and call my sponsor. I'll take a moment with my higher power and get real.
0: Uh, welcome back, everyone. This is January 3rd coming to accept our sales. And we're here with Justin, and Justin's going to be sharing with us on Tuesdays uh, for the month of January. Justin, can you tell us your clean date where you attend meetings and can you give your home group a shout out?
2: Yes. Hello, Doug. Uh, clean date, January 16th, uh, 2013. I attend meetings in Sarasota, Florida, uh, home group Saturday night basic tech study. And, uh, you know, it's gr- great to be on. Thank you. Yeah, my man. So, Justin, what's your thoughts on coming to accept ourselves? Boy, Doug, when I read that just for today this morning, you know, it it really resonated with me. And again, I appreciate you asking me to to come on on Tuesdays. I know, uh, you know, we've known each other for a long time, so it's it's really, uh, you know, I'm grateful and, and definitely an honor to be able to share on any level, um, you know. But uh, when I read that just for today, today. Um, It really hit home for me, Doug. I'll be honest with you, man. When I came into recovery, I didn't come in uh, to recovery looking for what I found. Truthfully, I came in, uh, I seen pretty women, you know, I seen guys with nice cars. I seen people dressing like they hadn't uh, like they, like they, you know, appropriately. I see nice stuff and and, you know, and that's what I gravitated towards. Truthfully, that's what I, 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 I sought that out. Um, so when I but My read sponsor that,
0: talks about me. that sometimes too, man. He, you know, he'll talk about like, hey, you know, wh- whatever, whatever kind of brings you in is cool. You know, if it's one, you know, that, that's fine too, just get your ass in,
2: you know. You know when, so. I, when, I, when I came in uh, to recovery, you know, I had been wearing my brother's clothes that my mom had gave me. Uh, you know, and I I had two garbage bags to my name. Mm. So, you know, seeing somebody with a a haircut and a fresh shave and a shower with a new pair of clothes on, you know, those, and actually everybody I ran with was looking just like I was and living the same way. So to Mm. see people with a, you know, a a new group of people, it was hard to believe that they were addicts like me, to be honest with you at first, Doug, because I didn't really know what recovery was at the time. And I thought most people in there, just didn't go to the depths that we did,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So what, what, what curbed that thought, Justin? Like, was it, was it when you heard people, you know, maybe like a speaker meeting or something like really going in depth of like what it was like, or did you get to know people afterwards? Like what changed your perspective from, man, these fucking people, they, 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 you know, they never <laughs> had the two garbage bags. Like for me too, man, I had that similar thought. I was like, look, man, you know, looking around and a lot of guys were older, you know, I got clean at 16. And so I was looking at these guys, you know, and you're right, man, like they look nice, you know, they sound, they're, they're, everything they say is like a revelation, you know, it's like, damn, man, that that was powerful. That was, you know, and, and they're, and they, and they just got it all together. And I was thinking, I had that thought too, man, of like, man, do you, do you guys know what it's like to be desperate to get high? Hmm.
2: Doug, I came down to Uniontown. You know, I, when I got clean in Pittsburgh, I came down to Uniontown. I seen them with, you know, clean flannels on. I said, "Man, these guys are looking sharp up <laughs> here." You know what I
1: mean? Hey, look! <laughs> your, flannel look.
2: your flannel didn't have a cigarette butthole in it. You know what I mean? Like, what? Like,
0: <laughs> just did. No, hey man, you know what I tell people when they, when they, when they're like, "Hey man, describe Uniontown." You know, I said. I say for, for the folks who are listening who don't know the area, southwestern PA and uh, high poverty, you know, high drug use, you know, low, I guess you 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 would say if you choose, man, it's like low social mobility. It's like we kind of die in that same status that we're born into there. You know, as in, in in what I tell them is like, bro, we're we're just enough um, we're just enough hood that you don't want to fuck with us. And we're just enough hillbilly that you really don't wanna fuck with us. You
2: know what it's, I mean? the, it's the only meeting I ever pulled up to, and there was a horse in the parking lot, Doug. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, man,
1: but look, no, you with, know, with, when, when,
0: when, so, so with that, you know, like we bring in, and I know your story, Justin, I know that you, um, you know, much like myself, man, we, we, we have like an emotionally hostile upbringing. And when we come in to recovery, like all that stuff isn't healed just because like we pick up a white key tag and say, hey, look, you know, let me try this way of life. Like, what's that process been, man, of you of you saying, you know what? Um, And I know your wife, beautiful wife, man. You guys are solid. Love her. And and, and like, you know, when when good things start to happen for us, there's there's that thing that goes on, man. It's like, I don't deserve this. Mm. Now this ain't for me. You know, how do, how, do, how do we kind of start working on that piece?
2: Doug, you, you asked two really good questions, man. And I think, um, you know, the first one when you're talking and you brought up our, our past, you know, and and, um, you know, and I think for me, when I really dove into step work, what I found out about, you know, that social acceptability piece is that that's what my family carried too, right? It didn't come from me. I, I didn't think that if I had a nice pair of clothes on, that I was accepted by society based on my own thought process. I don't believe. I feel like it started with my family. You know, everything looked great on the outside when we went out into town, but everything in the inside wasn't real good. You know, there was a lot of fights, a lot of anger, a lot of you know, just 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 abuse, right? And so, you know, I took that into recovery when I first got there. I thought if I dressed up nice, people wouldn't know I was hurting inside, right? Mm-hmm. If I if I had a good if I had a good job people wouldn't think that I, I was, uh, you know, I wasn't okay. Right. And, and, and those defense mechanisms carried with me, man, like they carried with me into recovery. And I'll tell you what turned for me, Doug was, I, I started to get all the things that, you know, sometimes we get in recovery. You know, I start, I got the good job. I got the, you know, the things that, you know, that, that, that aren't going to get me better inside. And, and, and I remember being suicidal right? I got everything mm. that I thought that I wanted in recovery, and I still wanted to die, man. Mm. And I thought, and, and I remember thinking to myself, this isn't working. And, uh, and it took some real self-examination to to figure out that this process isn't, isn't about materialistic things, man. If, if, if they come great, you know, but at the end of the day, it's about like, how do you feel inside, right? Or your, are your insides bundled up still, right? Are you feeling like, are you feeling like dying still? Do you wake up in the morning? You may not obsess about drugs anymore. Listen, you put some distance between you and the in the drug uh, for six months, nine months, a year. Um, you won't wake up. And, and, and in my experience, and I can only speak for myself, in my experience, you won't wake up after a year of not taking a drug and necessarily think immediately about that drug. But, you know, what are all your other thoughts what what thoughts led you into that drug in the first place and that's what recovery has been able to give to me by you know banging my head against the wall a couple times man i had to figure out that like there has to be some serious work that goes into this thing and it has nothing to do with what i do on the outside and mm-hmm. and i think that that's the part that actually takes a lot of work and i feel like that's a part that people kind of get snagged up on sometimes is just thinking that once they achieve they get the kids back the wife leaves them alone right. this that Third, like I'm gonna be okay, and in my experience, it's not like that, man. It's not like that at all.
0: Yeah, no, work continues, Justin. You look, man, and and really, if it if it was something like, hey, when I achieve this level of material, you know, gains, then I'll be okay. You know, Lee P always he he talks about he he calls it destination addiction, where Mm. is it doesn't matter wherever we arrive to. We fucking put the the next destination as our focus, and like, and when I'm in that mindset, bro, I cannot be content with anything that I have. I could have this room full of shit, you know, and and it's still, man, what what else can I get, man? And then be bound up. I'm gonna lose what I have. I'm fearful that I can't get more. And this that, that that fucking constant cycle, you know, is, is just it's just a heavy way to walk through life, man
2: you can only look in your closet at that new outfit so many times before it doesn't feel good anymore. Yeah. Don't feel that's right, man. It does.
0: And you know, our default setting, Justin is this man. It's like, you know, getting clean is like, we, we, we just came from an environment to where it was like, I need, I like, literally I need something outside of myself to make me not feel or to feel, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever that is, you know, like my, 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 my thing was like, you know, I tried to put my, my chin on my chest all day long you know I didn't want to feel anything but I didn't want to think anything I don't want to feel anything you know and it's it's one of those things man it's like you know I was always looking for something outside myself to make me not feel that shit doesn't leave man like like that if that's our default setting or if that's what we've been we, we've we kind of morphed into like it's a process to kind of unwind that
2: man. yeah but you know and I think it's great that we have that common bond uh, we have that common but I've known you, uh, you know, somehow or another 500 kids in the school. And, you know, I'm sitting next to Doug at the lunchroom still because even I feel like from a long time ago, you know, we have that common bond where uh, n- nothing is good enough for us, right? And, and we're always seeking a way uh, to feel better about ourselves. And, and we gravitate towards those kind of people. And I feel, I feel like we gravitated towards each other, although we weren't the best of friends. Everybody else in that circle, whenever I was a kid like that, too, was all back using as well, right? They mm. were all doing the same stuff I was, man.
0: Bro, you know, you, every time I come back to the hometown, man, and I, and, and, and I hear a story that starts out with, hey, do you remember so-and-so? Never mm. good, never a good couple sentences that follows, man. Never. We, we make it out, man, a day to time, like we really have.
2: My next door neighbor is dead, and my buddy down the street that I grew up with is dead. Uh, everybody that I got high with is either dead or in jail, uh, you know, and, 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 and and I'm not saying that I can't be dead or in jail either. I think God just had a different plan for me. And, uh, and I found the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous. And, uh, and it's been a blessing ever since, man. And I remember the first time I seen you going into a meeting. And I thought to myself, this motherfucker, right? Like <laughs> you, you 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 you've had a you've had a healed heart for all these years, and you never even thought to call me. You know what I mean? You never <laughs> even thought to call me. And and, and 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 you know what? And I needed to see you. I needed to see. Uh, oh, man. I needed to see Dave P. Man, I need to see you guys. It was it was a hope shot, man. It was a hope shot.
1: Those are the man, kinds of things. Cool, so when you
2: talk about when you talk about that second question about what was it? It was seeing people like you. It was seeing other people in recovery that I could tell weren't swarming as much as I was. It led me to believe that I might not have to swarm forever too. You know, it was that kind of stuff, man.
0: Thank you all again for spending your time with us today on the anonymous podcast. I encourage you all to focus on that magic six letter word, others, as we go out into the world. Stop by the Facebook page, fellowship with other guests, or send me a text. Let me know if you'd like to be a guest or if you have any ideas on future podcasts. Until next time, I'm your host, Douglas L. Namaste and God bless.